0: A wonderful opportunity. We thought we'd do something a little bit different this morning. Maybe you were seeing this and you were getting really excited about some impressive visual aid, but it's it's just acting as a table this morning. Um, and we have these nice stools that I think are designed for show rather than comfort at the moment. Um, but we've been in this great series, haven't we, over the summer? The power of, and uh, it's our opportunity as worship team now um, to talk about the power of praise. I think that's pretty fitting for an incredible morning we've had so far. I was just uh, kind of in in the moment there, thinking, do we need to abandon all plans and just carry on? But actually, when we're talking about the power of praise, it feels quite fitting. Uh, and I also felt there was um, <clears throat> a little bit of move of emotion this morning. I felt quite tearful as I was singing and. Um, I've been read, I, I don't read very often but I uh, picked up a book the other day and started to begin to read the life of Smith Wigglesworth and a very hard Yorkshire man was often filled with compassion and would cry a lot of the time before seeing breakthrough and miracles so I feel quite safe that, uh, uh, that I can do that as well this morning. So, I'd love to introduce you to some of the worship team. And the reason we wanted to do this was because often we turn up week in, week out, and we see these amazingly talented people. um, And we see them play and we see them sing, but often we don't know why they're up here and and what their lives are all about. So, uh, let's give a huge round of applause for Simon, Heather, and Jude as they join with me. So,. We're going to have a little bit of fun this morning because the Bible is good news and so we need to have a little bit of joy in the house Uh, but there is going to be some serious moments as well. Um, So, in our worship team, I have the joy and privilege of leading this team, and you may not know this, but we have between 45 and 50 people in our worship team. We're spread over three teams, so every three weeks, well, every week the the team changes. We have three vocal groups, three bands, and uh, we are so blessed, aren't we, as a church, to have amazing people like this, uh, world class. And um, I thought, you know, you may want to know how I got into worship. And uh, from a very early age, I I loved music. And I can remember there was a one defining moment where I was sat in front of the TV, and in those days it was a VHS, and we put it in, and it was a man called Bishop Joseph Garlington, who many of us will know. And he started to sing this old hymn, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Saviour, Hear My Humble Cry. And when I heard him sing, I thought, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to sing like that. And moving a little bit further forward, uh, I wanted to also play an instrument. Now, my moment in time realizing that I wanted to play an instrument was not a spiritual encounter. It was actually watching the blockbuster hit Back to the Future. And it's the part where Michael J. Fox picks up the guitar, he plays Johnny Be Good," And I was captivated. I thought, I've got to be able to do that. So um, Rita's son, Laurie Blackler, who's an amazing musician, um, he said, Well, if you teach me, teach me to play football, I'll teach you how to play Johnny Be Good, because Laurie can play every instrument that is available on the planet. So I went round to Laurie's house and he taught me how to play Johnny Be Good. And then I went to music college, but um, before that, I haven't always just stood on the stage like this. My worship musical career started in the kids playing the bongos. Yeah. And I would uh, diligently play those bongos uh, every Sunday. And then I got a little bit of promotion from the bongos to my electric guitar and um, the incredible man, Pete Lyons. He uh, pulled me in and he said, uh, I want you to play guitar in the children's ministry today. And so I, st- I sat at the back, strumming my guitar And uh, that's where the journey started. And then a little bit later on, I was probably about the age of 13, 14, and our good friend Jamie Stevenson, who's one of these guys that just pushes you to the edge, and he said to me, um, I turned up for a youth meeting, it wasn't even at our church, and he said, you're leading worship tonight. I was like, okay. So I I did my best. Thankfully there's no recordings of that night available because it'd probably be very embarrassing but those were the moments for me, and now I have uh, the incredible opportunity uh, to lead this team. So, um, guys, um, tell us very briefly, how, how did you guys get involved in worship team?
1: Um, a, a similar thing, always love music. at used to dance around the sitting room to my mum and dad's Motown records. Um, always loved singing. First really um, met Jesus when my dad was playing the piano. He had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So it's really been, always been tied into my story. Um I guess the worship team here. For I really, when I first came to Lincoln, I got involved with our student um, ministry. It was in spirit back in the day, and um, my good friend Mary Claire. Got a like a ragtag bunch of us together, and it was hilarious. We had a drummer that sometimes was in a bad mood and just wouldn't drum, (laughs) would just sit there refusing to drum. We had all sorts of guitarists. I think the first time I ever sang, I turned my back to the room because I was so embarrassed and so nervous, and I was like, "I'll I'll sing, there, I I can't look at any of you." And turned the (laughs) wrong way and sang. And then, kind of as as I moved on and graduated, I moved into this team. But again, I think I was really nervous, and I think Howard was leading the team at the time, and I came. Along to rehearsals for maybe a year before I plucked up the courage to actually join the team. Everyone was like, what, what are you doing here? You're the team. I was like, I'm just watching. Just <laughs> listening, just watching. And then as time grew, I um, joined the team and, and it's my joy and my privilege.
0: And we're so thankful to have Jude on our team, are She's amazing.
1: <clears throat>
0: Heather?
2: Um, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't grow up going to church. But when I did start going to church, I was a teenager and started singing a little bit with the worship team there. Um, never really led worship or never thought that was the way for me to go and um, again join, came to Lincoln, joined in spirit, Mary Claire also got me involved in worship team and it was a random worship team um, but it was great and then after finishing as a student joined this one and again I always used to compare myself, I can't sing as high as them, I don't know if you've noticed I've got a bit of a deep voice. Um, <laughs> But I always used to compare, I can't hit those notes. I've not, I don't lead worship like they do. I'll just sit here and, and do my little bit. And then um, I felt God once say to me, um, you can't sing as high as them, but they can't sing as low as you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so then, yeah, I um, just kind of felt really released. And then Dave came on the scene and uh, I don't say no. So there you go.
0: And. Well, don't we think that Heather is an incredible asset to the team? I'm going to do this after everybody. I don't want to leave you out. sigh okay.
3: Oh, well, I don't know if I want to say this or not, but I've been on the worship team here for 22 years, wow. which is a long time. Wow. Gosh, man, that's a long time. So <laughs> I think for me, it was, um, it was the encouragement of some great leaders who went before who who really saw in young people uh, potential and um, gifts of God and, and encouraged, a bit like you were saying, happened with you. Um, pe- great, great people like Chris Bowater, Johnny Markin, Trish Morgan, who were uh, leaders at the time, Howard as well, who just gave me a lot of nudges and encouragement and, and told me when I was doing things wrong as well. <laughs> um, but I would just say, you know, to honour those people, I think that's how I got into it was the gentle encouragement that people gave me.
0: That's great. And don't we love Simon, everybody? Thank you. So in this series, uh, this summer series, it's been The Power Of. So we've had The Power of Prayer, The Power of Revival, amazing message last week by Landry, The Power of Faith. And uh, it's our opportunity to talk about The Power of Praise. So some interesting facts about the word praise. So we're not necessarily talking about the whole subject of worship. We're talking about one aspect this morning, which is praise. Um, And the translated word praise occurs 207 times throughout the Bible. Most we find that it occurs 100 times in the book of Psalms, and the book is just filled with praises. And the first time the word praise, the translated word praise, is used in Scripture is in Genesis 29. 35, And it's the story when Jacob's wife, Leah, gives birth to her final child, Judah. And she says this. As she conceived again and bore a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah and then stopped bearing. Judah, uh, in the Hebrew, would, may have come from the word praise. Now, the Hebrew word, how that translates? It says that it's a sense to acknowledge God's character and works. Praise is the recognition of another's character or works. So on a basic level, to praise God is to declare who God is and what he does. Praise honors God because of his divine deeds and character. So that's the Old Testament. The first time we read about the word praise in the New Testament is in Matthew eleven twenty-five, 25, and it says this. At that time, Jesus said, "'I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth.'" because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Now, the Greek translation of the word praise, we've heard the Hebrew one, is very, very similar. It says to profess or confess. So both, have, both words have the idea of God's greatness and his attributes being holy, good, just, righteous, infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful. So my thinking is, that when we talk about worship, I like to see worship as the banner. That's the main thing. But actually, praise is something that sits under worship. And, and my interpretation of praise is that it's channeled as an audible and physical declaration, recognizing the character of God and all that he has done. So with praise being such a big subject this morning, we're going to break that down into three areas, and we're all going to contribute on those So, talking about Sundays, guys, we've had lots of praise and worship experiences. And, um, you know, everybody that comes on a Sunday morning will maybe see that usually go to plan. But we've had a number of occasions in our ministry where that hasn't quite been the case. And I'd love just to be very open with you and share some of those stories. But before we do that, um, I was on uh, YouTube last night and I I typed in uh, worship failure moments, (laughs) Uh, and there's a lot lot of interesting stuff, and and my reason for showing you this video, it's actually four minutes long, so we will cut it at about two minutes, because you'll be very thankful for me uh, cutting the video, Um, but I just wanted to show you that actually we are so blessed, because we have incredible musicians, but I would like you to meet this gentleman now, who is uh, apparently very famous, and he's going to share one of his songs with you.
4: Well, this next and final song is going to be one that has made me pretty famous over the last few years. Um, It has took me a lot of places I didn't think I would be at, Um, but it was the first time on stage, New Year's Eve 2002, uh, with one of the best quartets out there today, Brian Free and Assurance, and I was uh, privileged to be able to sing this one with Brian Free, and uh, I don't know if I beat him that night or not, but ever since uh, then, we've had competitions, I wore him out. Um, Not to make me look good or anything, but that's what happened. (laughs) But uh, this is one that also uh, my friends at my hometown church, Gospel Light Baptist Church in Salisbury, North (laughs) Carolina, has uh, really made uh, their top choice. So therefore we're gonna finish off with this one. It's called Looking for a City. Looking for a city built above, looking for a city Okay, we'll,
0: we'll end it there. <laughs> Everybody, look for us. No, I'm joking. Uh, he, he actually does seven key changes in that song. So I suggest if, if you want to go and have a look at it. So um, Heather, I remember there was a time when, when, when you were leading worship and you had a little bit of a problem with the words. Do you want to explain that one to us?
2: I'm on. Uh, it was actually a wedding, apparently, um, and I was singing that song, indescribable.
0: Uncontainable.
2: Uncontainable. I sang, indescribable, unflammable. <laughs> <laughs> totally new. I was stood next to my best friend, Amy, uh, and we, when we get the giggles, it's a nightmare. Well, well so, actually, that,
0: that's actually quite theologically sound, because... In the furnace, we believe that that may have been... Well, that's the, what I thought. The, the pre-incarnate Jesus. I was just
2: prophesying over the wedding, He but. certainly
0: was inflammable, so... That's, um, Jude, there was an occasion. There was two occasions quite so recently in Rotherham. Um, <laughs> would you like to share both? One was involving a piece of equipment, and then one was thinking no. you were Bon Jovi. No,
1: so I might not do that one, but the equipment one, I, I'm quite physical, I like to move around... Um, and I, we, were, we have wireless mics in this church, and I love that because you don't get wrapped up. And we had a microphone in the back for like a battery pack. So it's like a long tail, and then a microphone on the lead. And I was singing, raise a hallelujah with you. Yeah. And Dave was like, chill. And I was getting really excited. And I, I wrapped myself literally in my leads. And, it, I <laughs> and Heather looked over and thought I was like, maybe having a, a seizure or something. And I was I couldn't move. My arm was stuck and my legs were stuck. It was just awful. That's um, a great moment. Yeah, it was Si,
0: Sa- you've got a great one, and I think it's with Chris Spowater involved, isn't it? So tell us, tell us about that.
3: Yeah, uh, well, it was, the f- it was the first year that I did one event, and I was a, a younger guy, 23, big opportunity, and there was a really amazing uh, evening of worship, and, and Chris said, okay, we're just going to have some silence now and wait on the Lord and, and listen to God, and there was this amazing silence, and it was beautiful. And at that point, my equipment decided to malfunction and left the most enormous noise, this buzz, huge buzz, and it was echoing all around the tent and I was frantically pulling out all my cables to make it stop. I'm sure the cameramen were zooming in on my sweaty
0: face as it was happening. But, but you've, you've been invited back every year, so <laughs> I think it's okay. So let's, let's move on. So the first point that we're going to look at in the power of praise is that praise affects you say everybody praise affects you when researching this over the last couple of weeks there's so much to this concept of worship and there's so many different styles and approaches that we can have from reflection and reverence through to adoration and congregational worship and some of us find those particular postures of worship easier than others I actually think praise is actually one of the hardest to get right that's because living in the Western world, the praise is just usually an automatic response that comes out of us when things are going well or going to plan. But actually, the Bible suggests that we need to praise in all seasons, yeah. in the good and in the bad. You know, if in, in the medical world, if somebody were to turn up on the scene and somebody had passed out, the first thing that the medics would do is they would check their heart to see if it's still beating. In the same sense, checking our praise lives is how we check our spiritual pulse. If we don't live lives that are constantly giving thanks and praise to God, we might actually not be that spiritually healthy. So the Bible says, Paul wrote in Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Paul didn't just say it once, he said it twice. He didn't want anyone thinking that he had made a mistake, that there are exceptions to what he said. We are always supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord. It's a command, not a suggestion, even if we don't feel like it. I can guarantee 100% of us in this room, as we go to bed this evening, we won't make the conscious decision that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to feel depressed. We're not going to say I'm going to wake up feeling unthankful. You know, we never want to be like that. Maybe through out of habit, some of us fall into that. And maybe through some more serious problems, that happens. But I really believe that the antidote to those problems is praise. Now, before Jude shares a little bit on that subject, I've come up with five C's when I was thinking about how praise affects me and it affects you. And hopefully these will help you. So the first, praise affects you, the first C is center. Praise aligns the focus back onto Jesus in a very busy and hectic and chaotic world. The next one is content. Praise brings us to a place of humility and contentment. We become thankful for what we have. The next C, calm. Praise removes the room to become negative or complain. Big worries become small. Big problems become small. I can remember... Um, When I was going through my treatment, uh, I had to do an emergency trip back to Leicester to get something sorted out. And uh, as I was in the car at that time, um, praise wouldn't have been my first response because I was in a lot of pain. But Dad was in the car with me and I said, Dad, speak in tongues. And so for about an hour or so, he spoke in tongues the whole way on that journey. And um, we filled the car with praise. It became, it became calm. Yeah. There was no room in that car for worries or negativity because it was filled with praise. The next C, commendation praises the gateway for his blessings to throw in and flow in and through us. And finally, companion. praise invites his presence. It says in Psalms 22:3, "He inhabits the praises of his people." Jude, talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Um, yeah. oh, sorry. Um, so uh, Dave said a lot of it, I'll just be uh, like an echo, I guess, um, in that um, when we praise, when we make a decision to um, be a person or people of praise, I think it affects our spiritual stance, so our inner, our inner man, if you like, our inner woman, and it affects our physical stance. Um, and it's also a massive um, part of how we tell our story to each other about what God's done in our life. So um, I'm just going to read really quickly Psalm 148. Um, Lots of my references are from the Psalms. It's a book in the middle of the Bible, and it's full of um, the ups and downs of life and often ends in praise. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his words, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges. I don't know about you, but I read that and I'm not thinking about my busy, cluttered life. I'm thinking about how awesome God is. I start to... Um, tell my soul to wonder, to be lost in the wonder of who he is. And um, so praise, when we say we're going to praise, we position ourselves, our inner man, our inner woman, to say, God, you are Lord of all and you are Lord of me. Yeah. Um, Psalm 63 verse 3 says, your love and kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. And that makes it, for me, really personal because you could sit in the Psalms and talk about how he created the mountains and, the, and flung stars into space. But then I think about what he's done in my life and his loving kindness, how he sustains me. And I remember um, a few years ago uh, in one of the back rooms there, Howard, had, as the worship team, we had done some like nights of worship together as a team. And um, my husband and I, we were going through, um, well, we knew we were about to enter some choppy waters financially. He'd just been made redundant. We had a baby. I wasn't quite sure how it would play out. And everyone was worshipping around me. And, and my position, my praise position, wasn't like, woo, because I was thinking, I, I don't know how, how this plays out. And then we started to do Waiting Here For You, um, the Martin Smith song. And there's a, Hallelujah. do you know? And it builds and builds and builds. And I just, I couldn't sing it, but I just was like, this is going to be my stance in this season. I will raise my hands to heaven. However this plays out, you are God and you are good. And that, that physical response to my inner man changed something about how I come, you know? Um, and just really quickly I want to talk about that because I know that I'm a shouter and a twirler and a clapper and all of that is really biblical when we shout God moves it says in the Psalms that God ascends on the shouts of his people it says clap your hands it says sing for joy but I know that not everyone wants to sing not everyone wants to shout not everyone wants to dance not everyone wants to clap and again I'll just talk about my husband Simon He's at the back there he's not a twirler or a shouter or a clapper like you wouldn't find him doing it but he, uh, he when he wants to create uh, connect with his creator he goes bird watching and he fills up his wonder tank and his, his response to his father in heaven is to go out in the natural world and go wow god you're amazing that's his response he'll raise his hands in worship he knows it's totally biblical and we lift up holy hands in his name it's totally biblical i encourage you if you feel nervous to do it do it King David was undignified. He was like, God's presence is better than life. And he, and he danced and he lost his dignity. And he was like, I will do it again and again because he's so worthy. It's totally biblical. But if you're like, oh, I'm not really that physical. Go look at the trees. Go look at the birds. Go watch, you know, Blue Planet and go, God, you're amazing.
0: That's great. So good. So the first point, praise affects you. The second, praise affects the enemy I believe that when evil takes a back seat when praise walks in the room I love the story of Jehoshaphat we see God miraculously defeat the enemy because of the people's obedience to praise him in 2 Chronicles 22 it says this as they began to sing and praise the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab at Mount Seir who were invading judah and they were defeated as we notice in verse 22 when they began to sing and praise the lord set ambushes praise releases god's power and strength to still the enemy satan loses power when god's people begin to praise i can remember just personally going back to my story i would lay in a hospital bed for about three days having horrible chemotherapy and radiotherapy and I would come out on a Thursday morning and I would uh, then make it my priority to attend worship practice and you know naturally I may not have really wanted to do that I probably would have wanted to go home and lay down on the sofa and but I, uh, I turned up to worship practice and had no hair at the time so I put my hat on and sat down on a chair and began to play my guitar. And you know what? That really annoyed the devil. Because what he attempted to steal from me, because he comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I'm aware of a God that gives us life and life in all of its fullness. And so I would sit on my chair and play the guitar because, you know, when we praise, it really affects the enemy. He doesn't know what to do. And you know what? Um, I believe sometimes in this kind of toxic culture that we live in especially with social media and everything that we do actually I think some of the cure for that is we need a bit more praise so Heather um, actually one more story before then Um, when we're talking about praising affects the enemy I, I love probably one of the best stories in the Bible is Paul and Silas God shakes things up when we praise as Paul and Silas sat in prison shackled and chained they kept right on praising and God sent an earthquake that shook the cells and broke the chains. The jailer and his family came to know Christ that very night. It says this in Acts 16:25 to 26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were opened. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. I mentioned in a slight joke earlier about the story of the furnace, and you know what? Praise attracts praise, and the world is watching, and when we praise, it rubs off. Probably one of the most horrendous kings, Nebuchadnezzar, actually, when they come out of the fire and it says they didn't even smell of smoke, this awful guy says, well, praise be to your God. So when you praise, praise rubs off. Heather, tell us a bit of your
2: story. Yeah, so when I was thinking about how praise affects the enemy, I thought of two points. Uh, One, and they were both Cs as well, Dave, so that's good. Um, One, I think it confuses the enemy when we praise. Um, The story of Paul and Silas was something I was going to refer to. Um, But it says in Peter 5.8, it says, Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for some victim to devour." Devour, sorry. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. And I was thinking about that and I was trying to think of like when I've watched David Attenborough and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't. But I have watched Lion King. And... Um, <laughs> I was was thinking about how lions prowl around, and they don't just jump on their prey and roar, they prowl around looking for the weaknesses, looking for the vulnerabilities. Um, Most of you know, um, two years ago, I had a premature baby, and it was a horrible, horrible time. I can't say that the birth of my daughter was the best day ever. It was one of the worst, and I hated it. I love Martha, she's great. Um, But... I found it really difficult, and I went into a really horrible place, but I never stopped praising God. And so I know that I was really vulnerable. I know that the lion was prowling around. But I think what's amazing is when you can turn back and you can say... I'm going to confuse you because I'm going to tell you that I still believe in God. I still believe that he's stronger. I still believe that he's more powerful. I don't think he's made a mistake at all. Um, And I I sometimes wonder what the denim is point is what's he trying to do is it to try and make me believe in him well I already know he exists because I believe in God um, so that's not going to work but is it that he wants me to think that God's not as good as what I think he is or is it that he wants me to doubt something or is it that he wants me to sit in hopelessness and misery and um, when you choose not to do that like Dave says something changes and it confuses the enemy The other thing was, um, in all of that situation, the other thing that I think it does is I think it connects the church when you praise in your trials. I know that you guys were an army. Um, I think of it, imagine a world map, and I've used this example before, so I'm sorry if you've heard it. I'm not sorry. Um, Imagine this world map and all the countries are black. And on the day that we found out that things were going wrong at 28 weeks, my mum, who doesn't go to church, said, who do I need to contact at your church to start praying? Who do we get in contact with? And I don't know what happened over the next few hours other than I looked at my phone a few hours later and I had, I'd probably say nearly 100 text messages and um, songs sent to me and we made a playlist and on my phone I've got a playlist called Baby Drama Stay Calm Um, and there's loads (laughs) of songs on there that every night we'd listen to them Uh, that's what we'd go to sleep to when Martha was born um, and I got even more songs sent to me and so imagine that every time a prayer goes up the lights so you were praying in Lincoln there's a light going in Lincoln I mean there were hundreds of lights going in Lincoln Um, but then there were lights going in Northern Ireland in Scotland We had Hillsong London praying for us, because I've got friends there. We had people in America, Canada, Africa, New Zealand, France. We had people all over the world, and all these lights were going on. The praise was an army was rising. Who would you rather face, one person who's really vulnerable and weak, or an army of people? (laughs) And so... um, I just think that when we praise together, when we join together as a church, when we connect and we grow as an army, and we worship together, there's something really powerful in that, and the enemy shakes from it. So, yeah, my two things were, it confuses the enemy, like, what are you doing? Um, I was just about to jump, I was just about to pounce on you, and you've lifted your hands up and been like, it is well, and that enemy's back down again, so... So, yeah, there are my two very rushed, sorry, points. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Heather.
0: Just a little side comment on that. I I tend to get away with these cheeky ones for some reason. But, you know, the church is pictured in seven or eight different ways throughout the New Testament. A bride, an army, a city on a hill, a temple, a family. And, um, you know what, if you're a little bit unsure about church... um, let me say that this, this church is, is incredible. And, um, you know, some people, that there is a view that, that we are the church, so we can obviously be anywhere. We could be in Starbucks on a Sunday morning, and that's church. Um, you, at one point in your life, you might need an army. And I've got the funny feeling that the corporation of Starbucks isn't going to rise up and be your army when you need it. So, stay committed to church because it saved my life, it can save your life, and we have uh, the incredible family here. So, praise affects you, praise affects the enemy, and actually, praise affects God. So, if we go right back to the big beginning, Revelation 11 says this For thy pleasure you are and were created. The original purpose of Adam and Eve, and is still the purpose of every person on the planet today, is for God's pleasure. You know, what was the reason for Adam and Eve's existence? They didn't have a church to run, they didn't have any miracles to really perform, um, but actually the, the sole purpose was for the pleasure of God. And so Simon, as we start to wrap things up now, um, you talk to us about how praise affects God.
3: Yeah, absolutely, I think that is such a simple word, but it's so true that our praise affects God in the way that it brings him pleasure. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And I think there's something in every single person who, who wants to be able to please. You know, we want to please other people. And for uh, those of us who are believers, a uh, big focus for us is the fact that we want to please God. And our praise is, is, the, is a way in which we can bring God pleasure. The Bible tells us, Colossians 1.16, it reiterates the point. All things were created by him and for him. All things are created by him and for him. And I think it's really helpful for us to, when we understand that, is to go back and just understand why we were created. We were created to bring God glory and to, give God, to bring God pleasure. That was why we were created, for his pleasure. Now, that doesn't mean that we were created for God's entertainment. Uh, we weren't created just to, to give him some amusement. Um, but God is a creative being, and it gives him pleasure to create and to creators but God is also a personal being and it gives him pleasure to have a relationship with us and so when we start to declare our praise to God and we begin to say things to God about what, how we love him and how we adore him that gives gr- God great pleasure so what is it about praise that gives him so much pleasure is it because he he loves the western Christian rock music it's like he, he brings him pleasure so he comes down and Hunts out some churches playing his style of music and he loves it. I'm not quite sure it's about the style of music in our praise that brings him pleasure. I think the answer is in Romans 12 verse 1 where it says, I appeal appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Our true spiritual worship that brings God pleasure is when we offer ourselves to Him. We talked a bit earlier about how we got involved in worship, and uh, for me, what, growing up, I could never understand how to play guitar at all. My dad and my brother both play guitar, and they would always try and teach me, and I could not get it, and I, I got annoyed with them because they would just kept on trying to teach me, and I was like, I can never learn guitar, forget about it. And then, and then one day at my friend Paul Wotton's house, who is in the worship team at Live Highcomb. Uh, he just showed me a couple of chords, and it's like something suddenly clicked, and I was, oh, I can play this. And literally within the space of a few weeks, uh, I, was, I was able to play all lots of different songs and different styles. And I was at one event a few months later, and I was just on my own in my tent camping, and I was playing the guitar. And it, I just had a real sense, hang on. This, this gift came to me so very quickly. I, I just wonder whether this is a gift that God had given to me. Yeah. And I, I, I said a very simple prayer. I had a, quite an intimate moment with God in my, te- in my tent where I said, Look, if you have given me this gift, yeah. then I'm, I'm giving it straight back to you. Wow. And if you want to take it away and I never play guitar again in my entire life, then honestly, that is fine. But if you if you did give me this gift and you gave it to me for a reason, then I then I offer it to you and I say, have it. It's yours. Do with it what you want. Yeah. And you know, over the years, I, I've helped. I've been in teams leading worship on four continents. Yeah. I've I've travelled and been parts of teams, and I've served the team here 22 years. And I just think, wow, God, God has has used that gift. And is it that? Is it that I'm a good guitarist that is, gives him pleasure? I don't think it is, because there's plenty of other guys who could come in and give over. It's, there's plenty of other guys and girls who could do a better job at me with the actual skill. But I think the worship that, he, that brings him pleasure is me offering my gift to him. That's what gives him pleasure. And I think the message version of that same passage says it so well. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. And if you want to give God, pleasure, if you want to please God, if you want to praise Him with true worship, then whatever it is that God has given you as your skill, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be music, it could be anything, whatever it is that God has given you, give it back to God. And give it back with an open hand and say, look, I'm giving it to you, and if that's the end of it for me, that's up to you, but if you've given me this gift, I offer it to you, and please, God, use it. And for me, that's how our praise gives God's, God pleasure. Fantastic.
0: Well, our time is through. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share a little bit, but uh, there's just two brief things we would love to do. So uh, if you would just close your eyes for me. So there's the two responses, really, from this morning. Uh, The first is we always give an opportunity for people who haven't yet met Jesus for the first time. Uh, He's the Jesus that has done so much for us For on on the platform here, and it's why we keep turning up every week, um, because he's incredible. So there's actually going to be a a prayer on the screen. I would love for you to all um, say this prayer out loud together. We're part of a big family here that's say it together, Uh, but if you've... um, done this for the first time um, we'll ask you when every head is bowed and eyes are closed we'll ask you to maybe just slip up your hand just to let us know that you've done that so let's pray this together thank you God for loving me before I ever loved you thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for me thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness, and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life, and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's just uh, shut our eyes. So if you have have said that prayer for the first time, um, and you want to explore what it means to follow Jesus. Love for you now, just to with nobody watching apart from a couple of our friends around the room. Just, just put your hand up, nice and high now. That's great. We've got a hand at the back. Great. Is there anybody else in the balcony? There's two. There's one, two. Is have we got people up in the balcony? If you, if you wouldn't mind just bearing with us and keep your hands raised high until somebody comes to you. There's three hands up in the balcony. If we can get up there really quick, that would be very helpful. Great, there's four people so far. Is there anybody else downstairs? Great, keep those hands up until somebody comes to you, please. Great, and sorry, keep your hands up until there. We don't want to miss you. We're going to just do one final thing, um, because we're slightly over time. But um, maybe you've heard some of this this morning, and, and you're in a position where you're struggling to praise. That may be due to circumstance, stuff that's going on in your life. And you know, some of us may not know that, and we're certainly compassionate towards your situation, but we do really believe that breakthrough comes when we sometimes step out of our comfort zones and step out and uh, maybe raise our hands a little bit more and praise. Um, so if you, um, once again, privately will do this with your eyes closed. If you would like just for us as a team now just to pray that God releases the, the gift of praise back into your life. Maybe it's the gift of joy back in there. That's just Maybe there's a blockage in your life that's really stopping you from entering into the fullness of praise. So just, just stick your hand up for me. We'd love to see that. That's great, thank you. That's great, yeah. So let's pray these hands are up. Father God, we thank you for worship. We thank you we can come on a Sunday. We thank you worship is our lifestyle, but we thank you for this gathering. And we just pray for every hand that's gone up that whatever their situation is, Father, I pray that you'd bring joy to them right now. I pray, Father, that even we may be a reserved character and we may struggle with this, some, some of this stuff, but when we have a true revelation of yeah. you, it desires and it needs some sort of outward um, reaction. We pray that you would give yeah. them confidence to praise. Yeah. We pray that you break off anything over their life that's hindering praise. And we pray that this church will be known as a church of praise, Amen. a praising church. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. So we'll hand back over. Thank you so much.